Zen Parenting Radio, episode number 141. Welcome back, sweetie. It says 140 on the top of my page. I crossed it out. It said 141. Mm-hmm. So Zen Parenting Radio, just in case you're brand new to the show, Zen Parenting Radio is a discussion between a spiritual and emotional mom. That's you. Me. And a logical and practical dad. That's me. Very practical and very logical. You're just some, so, some, sometimes to a fault. You're so logical. No, you're, you just, if we have a nice little balance going on. We have three daughters, ages 5, 8, and 10. Our goal is to give you the resources to become a better parent, but more importantly, to become a better you. Um, so the topics this week, there's something that you and I have presented quite often. Yes. And we've never talked about it. In detail on the show. I can't, and that's so hard for me to believe. Out of 141 podcasts, we have never had this as the topic because we talk about this all the time. And the topic is the five different love languages. Mm-hmm. Written, From Gary written, Chapman. Written by a guy named Gary Chapman. Mm-hmm. You, you know, what's interesting is that the, these books have been around forever. He has definitely more than one. He's got the basic five love languages, and then he did... Love languages for women, men, kids, What's with those people that come up with one book and then decide to write another one? Well, I did. I know. Oh, okay. That's why I said it. Okay. Well, I think that he wanted, you know, because sometimes you you talk about a topic so big as love languages, and then it applies a little different to teenagers, and it applies a little different to couplehood, and, you know, you kind of need to get into the more detail. And I'm excited just because uh, we've never really delved into it and we've presented it and it's always a work in progress as far as kind of zeroing in on what they are and how they work together. I'm also going to give you a feel-good story that you don't know about yet. Oh, good. And then I'm also going to tell you about uh, something that's going to help me with uh, helping my daughter at math. Oh, okay. And I'm hoping... It's a homework helper thing, tidbit. Okay, you you guys have been working hard together, you and JC. Yes, yes, we have. They've been working on math. You see, because JC's now in fifth grade and she comes home with math I don't understand. <laughs> I know. We're doing prime factorization and I needed to um, review. I know. It's two things going on with math that are so different. Number one, she doesn't always bring home a book. And I'll say, well, where's the book? And she's like, oh, we don't need the book. I'm like, in school, do you remember when we were in school? We wrote in our books. Mm-hmm. I know that's not possible anymore, but how do you not do it without an example? So I'm Googling stuff, figuring out how to do it, and it's taking me 30 minutes to figure out each problem. I was going to save this till the end of the show, but since we're talking about it, here's my tip. Okay, let's hear it. One, JC's been, she's in fifth grade. Right. She, it, her backpack's heavy enough, so she doesn't bring her textbook home every day. And I don't know if she's an exception or if she's the rule. Like maybe most kids don't. don't. Well, we asked at two parent-teacher conference last year and this year, or it wasn't a conference, but it was the curriculum night. I asked, you know, does she need to have a book? Does she need to bring it home? And they were kind of like, you know, Yeah. And the problem is really. when it's our turn to help because she can't figure it out, um, there's no book for us to refer to. I know. So it seems obvious, and a lot of people are like, we'll just have her bring the book home. Well, anyways, I bought it on eBay for five bucks. Ah, So it's always at home now. So the example that I'm going to give is we were doing factorizations of numbers. So I was teaching her this really long-winded way to figure out if 285 is divided by three. I was having her manually divide it. And what I didn't know, um, maybe I knew at one point, is if you add those numbers up, two, 285, 2 plus 8 plus, plus five, 5, that equals so eight, 1. 8, 9, 10, 15. That, that, then you know it's divisible by 3. Oh. That's all. That's it. You're done. That is so awesome. And it's in her book, but she See, didn't have her book. This is a perfect example of why, because I still have some baggage about not doing very well in math, mm-hmm. but... 
in, you know, some of it, I'll just say, maybe my brain doesn't work that way that well. But some of it is, if you have tips and techniques like that, then it's like, got it. Yes. You know, like I will never forget. Well, I shouldn't say never. I will try not to forget that once once Cameron's in fifth grade. Keep that in mind, sweetie. Prime factorization. So anyways, it seems simple, but just uh, bring our books home. What was that noise? I don't know. Oh, that was weird. That was weird. We might have that again, but we'll see. Um, okay. All right. So let's delve into our subject matter. Five love languages. And I want to say on top of this um, that... I wanted to talk today about words and forgiveness, and so I'm going to try and work those things in. Words fits in nicely. Because? Because that's one of the, the love, love languages. languages. Forgiveness, you're um, you're on a little bit of a tangent, but I will give you the okay. I don't think I am, because I think that sometimes, once we understand the love languages, I think we have some... Um, uh, ahas about why either our partner or our children or our mother or our father um, respond in certain ways or don't respond in certain ways, and we can forgive them and let go of maybe that resentment we've carried or that annoyance. Right. And I think that we, I just want to talk about that. All right. So here are the five different love languages. You ready? I'm ready. Ta-da. Words of affirmation. Number two is quality time. Number three is receiving gifts. Number four is acts of service. And number five is physical touch. So we're done. <laughs> let's move <laughs> Thank on. Thank you, everybody. Let's, <laughs> let's go ahead and put on the... Have a good day. All right. Um, so we're going to break these down. And the first thing I want to say is we'll read through them over and over and over again and kind of give different examples. But the idea is each one of us has all five of these things. Right. Okay? There's a tremendous amount of overlap, but there is usually one love language that is the dominant love language for us. Right. Okay? So um, so let's just start with the first one. Okay. Words of affirmation, which is kind of a big one for you. Yeah. So like Todd said, I have pieces of all five of these, but words of affirmation is my number one, mm-hmm. um, meaning it's the way... The reason it's called a love language is it's the way that we give and receive love most it's um, the one that heavily. Hit, yeah, it's the one that hits us the deepest. It's yes, it's we most deeply feel love through this way. We right. feel it in other ways too, but this is the one that really stands out and that it is like I just keep saying it's number one. Mm-hmm. Um so words of affirmation to me, I because I I don't know I how to explain it. Maybe it's because I'm a verbal person. Maybe I was born this way. I don't know. Maybe it's because I like to write. Who knows why we are these things? I'm sure there's history to it. But I like words. I like it. I like telling people how I feel about them. I like writing about it. I like um, when I'm talking to you, I'm very conscientious about the words I choose to say to you. And I think you've learned that when I'm choosing certain words, I'm they're they're meaningful. They're packed with meaning. I'm not just throwing words at you to see what hits a board. Which is actually what I do. Right. Which tends to get us into trouble from time to time. Yes. Because on the flip side, because I love that way, I receive love that way very clearly. And when words are not being used with me, um, I struggle with that. So what you, what we we need to understand with each other is words are probably if we we're to prioritize my five. Words are probably fourth or fifth. Really? We, for sure. But no. Yes, it is. Really? Yes. And well, we'll, okay, fourth, I would say. So we'll go through them, but the, we have a lovely marriage, um, but what we had to figure out early on was that oh. 
your language and my language are two different languages. We speak foreign languages with each other. So I needed to、um, step outside of my comfort zone, and I this is a work in progress. I'm not the best at it, but I need to tell you why I love you and all the things that you do that are great for our family, even though it does not come naturally to me.、Mm-hmm. This is not something that is easy for me. I mean, easy is a, it doesn't come naturally. That's the best、mm-hmm. word to describe it. I can do it, but I kind of need to step outside of my comfort zone to tell you these things because, of course, I like praise, but I I would much rather have other types of lang- love languages、um, uh, happen to us. Okay,、mm-hmm. so that is something that I think is important to remember is. You need to figure out step one. Figure out what your own love language is.、Mm-hmm. Step two. Figure out what your、um, significant significant others. others' love language is. Well, and here's the thing about words is is again I can't speak for all women, but I don't need a bunch of Kathy you look nice kind of things. I don't need a bunch of Kathy you're the best. What I need is words of validation. So it's not about appearance. Even though it's nice to hear you look nice every once in a while, I'm not saying I'm above that. I'm just saying that I don't need Todd to validate my it's, appearance every it's day. More about validating what you what do. I do and who I am. Right. It's it and it, and so if you're using words every day and just throwing them at me and they don't have meaning, I can feel that. Right. I know when it doesn't have meaning. Right. But if you're one thing that's really important, I think to most women, if not all. Is we do a lot. We're big multitaskers, jugglers, and we take on a lot of things that people aren't even aware. People, our significant others, aren't even aware that we're doing. Right. And if you see that and acknowledge that with words, it it goes so far. And again, I'll just give an example. You know, we're doing all these things. You know, taking care of doctor's appointments, taking care of paying this fee, taking care of getting the kids in clubs, taking care of driving. All these things that kind of are off your plate. Right. And when you, if you were to say, hey. Thank you for taking care of all their doctor's appointments. Thank you for getting them to the dentist because I don't really know what's going on there, and I appreciate you doing it.、Right. You're not saying, you know, you don't need to be overpraising. It's just a, it's a, it's an acknowledgement, acknowledgement. right? And、um, first of all, I'm not really, still not very good at that. I don't think、Mm-mm. you do a million things, and I rarely say thank you for taking all, you know, the kids to school and doing all these other things. So that's something that I need to work on. So that.、Um, So I don't know. That's the words do not come very naturally. Well, I think it's like when guys are thinking about being romantic, or they're like, "What can I do for my wife?" They get really into the receiving gifts thing, right? You know, like, well, what can I buy her, or what can I take her to, or what can I, you know, can I just focus on again appearance?、Mm-hmm. And if you can kind of incorporate to start to think of validating who they are as a person and what they do as being a super romantic gesture too, like I want you to know I see you, right? Because that's what we always talk about doing with our kids, which、mm-hmm. is super important. Is with our kids, it's not about hey, you look cute today, or oh, good, you got an A on a test. It's they made a mistake, and we say to them, "I know you made a mistake, but I know who you are.、Right. I see you very cl- clearly,、right. and I'm not going to use this against you for life."、Right. And that's what people do; they make mistakes, and I want you to know that you are good. That's a gift. People just want to be noticed, yes, and to be seen, seen, validated, listened to. And acknowledged, right? So, anyway, so that's number one. <laughs> We just said a bunch of different words. No, but they all they all mean the same thing. Well, and you know, th- 
that's if if you can just take that from today's show, mm-hmm. every single person wants to know that you heard them and that they have value in the world. Mm-hmm. That's and we're talking about everybody. So you can say, well, maybe that's true for you, but that's not true for my kid, or that's not true. It's everybody wants that. Right. They go about getting it different ways. Right. Okay. Pe- Number two. Hold on. Let me get my. Uh, I'm not allowed to say it. Quality time. Quality time. All right. So this um, is probably the easiest one to understand. Um, But I think it's a little tricky because quality time for me is different than quality time for you. Quality time for you is engaged discussion, engaged activities. Sometimes. Whereas quality time for me is sometimes sitting on the couch next to you watching TV. That could be quality time for me. So I think that there's a differentiation to be uh, general between men and women. I think women like to be face-to-face and guys are a little more comfortable with shoulder-to-shoulder. Does that make sense? Sometimes, yes. I mean, we've talked about this before. I'm sure we've talked about this on the show. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Like, as we're talking about these things, I think we've discussed them. Don't you? I, I'm positive we have not dedicated a show. Of course, we insert certain ideas of these five love languages into our shows, but no, we have never never done this. So I agree with you. I even used the search box in our website and there was only, I put put in love languages. languages. There was two that came up. One was one that we did two weeks ago and another one was happened in May of 2012 and it was a small part about how I was not connecting with JC. Interesting. Okay. So I agree with you, Jen. I just don't like to speak in absolutes, meaning men do it this way, women do it this way. Because sometimes I'm just as happy to lay down and watch a movie with everybody. Are you saying I was not as careful with my words just now? That and Totally. I mean, I just think that the more... My thing is, I don't really think about what comes out of my mouth. I just start talking. I know. But then it, it's all about your opinion rather than what could be the truth for a wide majority of people. If you're just saying whatever comes into your head and you're not thinking about how that affects people, then I feel like that's not... Um, I have a small filter in there. Okay. I have some friends who have no filter, which is kind of funny. <laughs> I do too. Um, but I don't... My filter isn't nearly as um, strict as yours. Astute? Astute. <laughs> how can you be so obtuse? Obtuse. Um, so I don't know. I think that that well, is an important uh, point to make. Yes, you're right. And that is, and, and I think that you've come to understand that I am not trying to correct you or say I'm right. I'm trying to give a, cast a wider net because when I, I don't like things that say men do this, women do this, because that's not always true. Generally. Didn't I say generally? You did. So there you go. Okay. Done. Okay. Wiping my hands. <laughs> I win that one. Well, because you, we were talking <laughs> because you and I are talking about things like, um, uh, you know, you said shoulder to shoulder, and you know, and I want to have deep conversations. Sometimes I do, and sometimes on a Friday night, I have no desire to have a deep conversation. I just want us all to watch a movie together. Right. So it just depends on the situation. But your point is well taken. Thank you. That um, women, what the definition of quality time may be different, and that that's something that needs to be talked through. Okay. Um, one question that I have. Okay. Is what we give and receive always the same language? Well, our, our, our default language. It's because yeah. I know for certain, and we'll skip over to acts of service because that's mine. Okay. I know for sure for certain the way I show love is by, you know, fixing the computer or mowing the lawn or doing certain things. And I'm not certain if that is 
my first choice on receiving love acts of service. I, I, I haven't really thought enough about it to even say. I just know with certainty, I would much rather, this is going to come out sounding wrong once again, um, do something that you need me to do than necessarily have this deep face-to-face half-hour conversation. Mm-hmm. Frankly, because a lot of the times it tires me out. Not mm-hmm. not that not in a bad way. It's just some work. It's emotional work. You mm-hmm. know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So in a way, it's like a safer, easier way to go mow the lawn than it is to have a deep philosophical, emotional conversation with you. With the assumption that that's what I want, right? Because I don't always want that. No, right. And sometimes you want to- a lot of them, though. <laughs> you like to. You know what? Speak about important things. I a lot. do, but but what if we figured out with my whole words thing? You know. Do when I'm talking to you about something that I just need to say, do I always need you to talk back or to give me information or to problem solve it? No, and that's actually a good point. Yes. You just want to be heard. I just need to say it out loud right. because it's all moving around in my head and you are the person, like it or not, mm-hmm. who I trust to say things to and I just need to get it out. So these deep conversations, all you have to do is be present for them. And if the, and and I know that we've worked through this, but I'm just if it makes you uncomfortable, it's because you think you have to do something, right. and you don't have to do a thing. Well, if I'm active listening, active then, listening is something that is something, and that is an energy drain. Oh, okay. like for me to be there with you to talk about some heavy things. I mean, I can do it. And sometimes I love to do it. And other times I'm like, man, I wish I could just put my headphones on and go mow the lawn. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So I'm not saying I'm right and you're wrong or anything. It's just an interesting, because I have a feeling there's a lot of couples out there that would probably have similar stories to tell. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. And you I know, can tell by your tone that there's something <laughs> going on that you want to say well, that you're not it's saying. It's interesting to talk about this again, because the way you're presenting it, we've, ta- we've been talking about love languages for years, is so like old school, the way we used to talk about this. And I feel like we have had so many um, breakthroughs with this kind of thing, that when you're presenting things generally, like men do this, women do this, it just doesn't even feel authentic to me. I feel like we're having a conversation about something old, and we've really done so much work on this. We have. Yeah. But I also, that doesn't mean we didn't struggle back then. True, but and can we talk about can, now instead of back then? Well, once again, this is going to be another debate. Okay. What's interesting about talking about how awesome our love no, language no, connections no, no. are? No, no, no. It's not about, hey, look at how awesome it is. It's it's talking about what we struggle with now within this because we haven't struggled so with let's the, talk the about, quality time So what thing. are some new struggles that we want to talk well, about? Well, it's interesting what you just said, if that's true, I guess is new because I didn't – I. I guess when I'm talking to you about something or just sharing something and you know you don't have anything to share back, I guess I knew that it kind of drained energy because it it is work to Mm -hmm. be an active listener. But um, it's just funny. And again, it's because it's my love language and maybe it's because I do it and I present myself in that way. But that's like my whole life is listening to people. I know. So when I'm going to you because I need one person in the world to listen to me and then you say it's an energy drain (laughs) – Sometimes it is. Oh, other times it's not. <laughs> right, right. It just depends on where I am. And then the other thing is, and this comes from, uh, what's his name? Men are from Mars, women are right. from... Right. What's his name? John Gray. John Gray. Um, the three most important words, once again, I'm just going to speak generally about guys. Right. If a woman wants to talk to you and you are not in a position to be able to give her your full attention, you, sometimes guys will just blow them off. Some guys will kind of listen, but not really. Instead... The three most important words is, I'll be back. Mm -hmm. So you just say, 
I'm not in a position to hear what you're talking about right now. Let me go for a walk around the block Mm -hmm. and re-energize and then come back. Because a lot of times guys will just half-ass, you know, know, just kind of go through the motions. Go through the motions. And and I guess it depends on what we're talking about because the things that I have in my head aren't deep talks about, hey, Todd, you're doing something wrong. No, it's about about, relationships. It's about work. It's about a lot of things. Like I'm thinking about one of the things that came into my head when you're like – is you know this presentation I went to last week when we talked about the Rachel's challenge, and I saw this presentation and I had you know a lot of thoughts about it and I need to talk about it right. So we stood in the kitchen for like fifteen minutes and I kind of told you about it. You didn't need to do a thing, but right. listen, there was right. nothing I was looking for. And then I, I hope it didn't feel like an emotional dump. It was more like wow, look at what these people are doing. And then that's a bigger gift to me to be present for that conversation than not being attentive, going and mowing the lawn and then bringing me flowers. Mm -hmm. There's no connection there for Mm -hmm. me. That means nothing to me. Um, If you're bringing me flowers, it's usually because, sorry, I can't listen to you. And that's where the work is in a relationship. Well, and I'll tell you, talk about like today's challenges that you and I might have. When you came home and talked about Rachel's challenge, I was completely there. I think one thing that we are better at now is – if I'm not in a place to listen to you, I will say something yeah, to you. Yeah, I guess you. that's true. So, um, you know, I rarely go through the motions because I know that it's You gonna, can't do it right yeah, then. Right, right, right. So anyways. That's true. I guess that's true. Um, I don't have it. It's I don't just, have it right now. This is in, this is going to sound a little bit like a, you know, do you have a little violin to play for me? Um, wah, wah. <laughs> that's technically a trombone. Well, whatever. It may feel like I'm, you know, pulling sympathy here, but I really don't have a lot of people in my life that I can really pour out my heart to. Right. Um, and so, really say I'm, you know, struggling here, struggling there, and I have a lot of wonderful friends. It's got nothing to do with that. It's just, you know, it doesn't always happen that easily. Right. So it's like. That is the greatest gift, you know. It's like it's like we're not in the air right now, you know. And I'm telling you this, but that's like the greatest gift you can give me is like 15 minutes. Just let me say some things that are really vulnerable and hard and mm-hmm. scary, mm-hmm. and just be present for it and love me anyway. Then forget you don't ever need to bring me flowers ever, right? And unless that's you why, want to. That's why I rarely do that. Yeah. So that so that's real to mm-hmm. me, you know. know. Versus girls do this, boys do this. Right. Like it, that's just general. But there are some people listening to this who have never heard of love languages, right? Yeah. There's- so I need to back my butt up. Beep, 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 <laughs> beep. I got to have a sound effect for that. All right. So okay. before we go on to the last two, okay. uh, talk about Helping Hands Maid Services, our friends over there. Okay. Um, HelpingHandsMaidServices.com. Again, it's services with an S. 630-530-1324. As clean as can be at home and at work. And they are going to come out to our home and clean our carpet. Did you know that, Todd? I do. I don't know when, but I know that they're on the schedule. Well, because we're if we're going to talk about how well it's done, we want to have the experience ourselves. That's so, right. Um, we, so $50 off carpet cleaning and one-year stain removal warranty. Um, just know that they have that. And if you have never used them before and you tell them that um, you listen to Zen Parenting, you get $25 off your first service. So give them a call. Again, 630-530-1324. It reminds me of being a little kid. Captain and Tennille, baby. Did your parents have a Captain and Tennille record? What do you mean parents? It was Well, yeah, it was probably theirs, but I listened to it. Um didn't wasn't there like a bulldog on the cover? Totally, that was their dog. Who was captain? Was that the guy Her or husband. the girl? Honey, you and I have talked about this 
on this show. What did we talk about? We, you asked me the exact same question. Who was the captain? <laughs> and then wasn't the captain some guy with, a, with glasses on? He had glasses and a captain's hat. Was he, he was a, the captain. Was he a captain? Yes. Of what? Of life. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know. He was the captain. They had Were a they bulldog. Married? Yes, I are, think so. Are they still married? I have no idea. Are they alive? Yes, Tennille. I don't know. I don't know. What other songs do they have? Do you remember Muskrat Love? No. Oh, um, they had that. They had. I've never heard of Muskrat Love. It, um, it's a song about muskrats who are falling in love. You should pull it up because as I'm. How about I start talking about? Any world, any this is brutal. <laughs> you haven't even listened to it oh, yet. It's brutal. Listen to it. Keep listening. You're, you're mouthing the words. <laughs> there was a video. Sounds no, brutal. It, it is kind of brutal. There was a video that went along with it, and I think they had human people in muskrat Did costumes. Did you just say human people? <laughs> what does a human person look like? <laughs> they had people in muskrat costumes falling in love, if I remember correctly. Um, why don't you talk about receiving gifts? Okay, so receiving gifts is a love language, and uh, why it's important to discuss this is that it doesn't mean that it's a shallow thing. It doesn't mean that all you care about is stuff or materialism. What it means is that when someone takes the time to give you a gift or to make a gift look really nice or they put a lot of thought into it and then they give it to you, that's the way you feel it. And so a lot of times I feel like when I talk about these love languages with people, people are like, oh, I'd never be receiving gifts. They look at it as a materialistic thing. And really, it's just another version of demonstrating love. Um, You know, it can be either in the way you show it, like, you know, you present a gift really beautifully or you really are conscientious about, um, thoughtful about the kind of gifts you 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 get for people. You want to really see them through the gift you give them. You know, like I know this person so well that they will respond really well to this gift versus just going to Walgreens 10 minutes before a birthday party and getting them something. Right. I don't know anybody who does that. I do that. I know. I'm joking. Do you do that? Um, Yeah, I've been known um, to pull things out of, you know, I like AmericanGreetings.com. Yes, you do. Todd likes to make... You can print off your own card and save... Some of those cards are like... Six bucks. Give me a break. Well, the ones that sing, all these new singing cards, they're pretty funny, though. AmericanGreetings.com, it's like 10 bucks a year. I know. And you're saving a bunch but of money. But see, that's the thing, is if you were giving that card to someone who thinks about gifts as their love language, they would know that you did that cheaply, that you printed it off right before you came, and it no, doesn't mean much. No, you could much. even put pictures in it to make it more personal. I guess so. And, you know, here's the thing. I can't speak for for people how they would feel about that. I just know that when I'm dealing with someone or it's someone's birthday and they feel love through those kind of gifts, the details, the details, um, you know, that I want to be thoughtful about that. If if someone feels love that way, I want to put a nice bow on it. I want – so it's not about – Well, you can even uh, structure your gift to uh, that person. Like, you know, I know my dad is really invested in greeting cards. Right. Like he – what it says in there is extremely important. Exactly. Whereas me, I don't really care what it says. And I kind of feel like for your dad, that's a mixture of words of affirmation and gifts. Right. Because he likes the words. Like, right. did this person really think about it? And he'll about, also make everybody say it out loud. He makes everyone read it, yes. Read it out loud. And then if he sends a card, you got to send a thank you. Yeah, you got to, because otherwise, why would you, why would you not? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so receiving gifts, and last but not least, you remember what it is? Physical touch. That's right. So... 
This one is easy for me to talk about just because of my daughters. Yes. Um, we have one, JC, who I think is physical touch through, no doubt. A, through and through. Mm-hmm. Um, Skylar, probably a little bit. Cameron, not so much. Right. Um, and obviously that is, I mean, I don't know if we need to even explain what that is. That's just uh, kissing, hugging, rubbing, holding hands, holding hands rubbing massages, r- rubbing the back, combing the hair, um, you know, hugs mm-hmm. when they come home from school, hugs before they leave. They just like to be close. Right. Well, and for the dads out there who are um, having daughters who are hitting puberty and all mm-hmm. that, their body starts changing and it, it becomes hard to not stay hard. close. Yeah, stay yeah, close it is. and give hugs and kisses like you did when yeah. they were five. It's just a little bit different. So one thing that I probably said on the show at one point or another is you can do other things. You can rub their feet or you can hold their hand walking down the street or Put whatever. Put your arm around them Put while you're watching around. a movie. Because they may not want you to be kissing and hugging them like you did when they were five. I think there's just a natural thing that, that happens where it's part of that letting go process where the way that you showed love physically, you know, it's going to shift because they're becoming a young woman. Right. But the worst thing you can do is pull back all of that and physical attention. And I think a lot attention. of dads do that. I do too. Because they, not because they don't love their kid, but they don't know how to they communicate. They don't know how. Yeah. And the, you know, I know that especially in our first season of this show, would we call it a season? Can we pretend we're a TV show? In our a season first... that never stops. We have never <laughs> missed a single week. I know. Even during the holidays. Holidays, we're we in. We love Zen Parenting. We do. But like our first year of doing the show, we talked a ton about things like, you know, finding ways to reconnect with your kids and rubbing their feet. And so I know for those of you who have listened to all the shows, this is going to be repetitious, but I feel like that's such a good way, you know, like we have oils and like putting oils on their feet or like rubbing their legs, like after a, you know, sporting event, if you have a daughter who plays soccer, you know, let me give you a leg massage to kind of, you know, work that out. Like that's, that's good. It's good conversation. It's good reconnection. It's good, um, you know, it's love. Well, and I feel like I'm not, uh, I don't have this all the way thought through, but I feel like it is ultimately important for dads to stay connected with physical touch with their daughters and for moms to do it with their sons. For sure. Why, even more important than the same sex, like if I had a son or if you had a daughter, do you, do you think that, that that there's, I mean, obviously they're both important. I think they're both important. I think they can both coexist next to each other as being the same amount of importance because obviously we've done shows about sons and uh, dads and sons, and it's so important that the dads stay physical with them, that they hug them and kiss them and show them that men are can compassionate that, yeah. and, you know, and loving in that way. But I think you're right. There's the... You know, I think we set the stage, you know, if if you have a son and you're the mom, you're setting the stage of what women are Mm -hmm. in the world. And I know that feels like a daunting task, but, you know, it is just what it is. And vice versa, you know, the dad in a little girl's life sets the stage for what men are like in the world. They're going to compare every future boyfriend to to you. you. And their experience. And So so if you're a good dad, then hopefully they have a high bar to start from. Mm-hmm. But if you're a bad dad, then they might have started attracting bad dudes. Well, and and it, for those of you who are divorced, who are maybe have negative situations with, um, uh, you know, a former spouse or a spouse who passed away 
or, you know, situations in your life, there are other men that can fill that role, Mm -hmm. meaning there are uncles, there are friends, there are, you know, cousins who can also play a role in determining the kind of man that, you know, your daughter or what they perceive men to be in the world. So don't feel like if the dad didn't follow through that you're completely at a loss and all hope is lost. You just need to get creative. You do need to get creative and make sure that they have experiences with other men so they can broaden their perception. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, you're right. I think that it's important to stay connected. You know, we talk about staying connected and, and and for me, like we talked about, words is a big connecting thing for me. Mm-hmm. For someone who's, who physical touch is their love language, they need to use physical touch to stay connected. Right. And obviously this is part, you know, for couples, this can be about sex too. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that we can be annoyed at a partner for, you know, wanting to have sex or more than we do or whatever, but maybe it's the way they connect. Right. You know, what's the thing that we've... Um, that we now know that women need to connect emotionally and maybe through words and language and discussion before they have sex. Men need to have sex before they connect. Which is through. an interesting point because if that's the case, then nobody would ever have sex. <laughs> I know. Well, put it this way, not everyone's going into it in an excited, willing way. Right. And so we have to be able to, you know, discover both and, right. and talk about both. And the thing that we that people do, Todd, is they don't talk about it at all. Right. So it becomes um, we resent right. instead of have a conversation. Like she doesn't understand me or she, she says yes. he doesn't get me or this whatever. This is who she is. This is who he is. He's a jerk. She's, you know, closed down. And none of that's true. Um, I want to bring up one more really important point about these love languages yes. uh, before we move on. And that is uh, we're all talking about, you know, the positive words of affirmation, the positive mm, quality time, point. the positive receiving gifts, yeah. um, the posi- positive physical touch. Let's say that your eight-year-old kid is physical touch and you happen to be a parent who physically harms them, whether it's spanking or hitting, whatever it Mm -hmm. is, it's so detrimental Mm. and can create such an emotional scar, pain body for you Eckhart Tolle Mm -hmm. uh, fans. So you need to be very cognizant of that. That's why it's important that that we figure out what love languages our kid and our significant other speaks. Because if I said nasty words to you, it would be devastating. It would would sit with me a long time. Yeah, so... um, And if I, you know, you're more quality time, you know, you're more acts of service. But if I, if you were asking me to do things, because you were asking before, do you think that you need acts of service? But what I know about you is when you ask me to do something, like you asked me a couple weeks ago, will you sit down with me so we can go over finances together? Because it's weighing heavy on my shoulders. If I, I had to sit with that for a while so I could reconcile that, meaning I had to be like, you know, maybe it's not something I want to do. But I know if you're asking me, it's super important. And if I was to say no, Mm -hmm. that would really affect you. Mm -hmm. And I needed to get in a place where I could say authentically, yes, I want to do this. And you totally had a turnaround. Not a turnaround, but you were very quiet when I brought it up. Yeah, well, I had to work through it. And the only reason I brought it up was because I'm working with a coach. His name is Tom Fuller. He's really, really good. And uh, I was carrying a lot of stress. And we realized that a lot of that was because of money and uh, he asked, like, how much does Kathy get involved with it? And I'm like, well, very little. Kathy's in charge of everything else. This right. is the one thing that I kind of keep my own. And he's like, well, it might be the benefit of your marriage to share, clue her in on mm-hmm. that. And it was, you know, that was worth the session Well, right and, there. and it's important to say exactly what you just said, that initially when you're asking me to do something – I want my ego gets involved and I want to say, I'm already doing this, that, and the other. Why are you asking me to be in on this? But really, part of it is I have my own issues with mm-hmm. money. So I had to go, just the fact that I 
like you said, I got really quiet and I had to sit with it. I knew it was about me. Right. It wasn't about you asking. But, I had to back away from it, sit on it for a day, and then I came back and said, "Let's do this." Right. Well, and I could have said, "How come you know? How come you're not reacting? How come you're not excited?" And I kind of gave you that space. Yeah, to come for around, sure. and I didn't know how or when you were going to come around, but you know, a day later, you had worked it out. So yeah. I say that for no other reason than maybe to help out the other couples out there. Give your spouse some space to figure things out. Right, because if you would have pushed me in that moment, I would have gotten mad. You would have resisted. I would have said, I would have gotten egoy about it, and I would have been like, why are you asking? <laughs> I would have. Yeah. And, and I felt that way right then. Um, but then when I thought about it, and I thought about the fact that I should be more clued in, there's just so many things that came up in me where – it's all old stuff. Money has never been my favorite thing. I just got to be honest. I know. I got some baggage. Don't we all? I do. Um, so for you to say, hey, bring your baggage into this, it, and instead I'm trying to go in a lot clearer. Well, thank you for doing that. You're welcome. All right. Um, so talk about our second partner, um, Dr. Kelly. Dr. Kelly is a Tree of Life chiropractic. Her website is chirotree.com, 630-941-8733. Healthy families by choice, not by chance. Um, mention us. Actually, she's got a teacher's day coming up. When is that? I believe it's September 26th. Yeah, and she's doing this thing like, you know, thanking teachers and has all these like specials and giveaways and that kind of thing in her office. Dr. Kelly does so much in the community, you guys. Um, always trying to, you know, focus on certain people who are doing things and bring attention to wellness issues. And I just highly recommend you get in touch with her. Um, again, 630 8733chirotree.com. All right. Um, so la- so we're done with love language. How are we doing on time? We're running short. Yeah, that's as what I usual. Thought. Shocking. Can I tell my story real Please. quick? This is my feel good story of the week. All right. Um, does the word um, does the name Glenn James mean anything uh-uh, to you? Uh-uh. Glenn James is a homeless man. Okay. And um, last week he found a backpack that was filled with $42,000 <gasps> worth of money. Wow. Some tourists through Boston dropped their backpack, lost their backpack. Who carries $42,000 on their back? It was like 5000 of cash and 37000 of traveler's checks. But why? I have no idea. Okay. So what did this guy do? I think he, if you're telling the story, he turned it in. He turned it in. So good story, wonderful feel-good story. So then this other dude, some Virginia guy heard the story and he started an online fundraising campaign to help James just to say thank you for doing what we what all typically a lot of people would wouldn't, do. wouldn't do right and especially a man who's homeless I talk know. about survival instincts exactly so since this guy has created this fundraising campaign uh he's already made over forty five thousand dollars oh my gosh and from over 1700 people and uh, i just think todd how interesting that the money in that backpack is exactly what he's made in this fundraising campaign so he gave it back and it came right back to and him. actually a little bit more karmic so yeah so i thought that that was a really really good story um a few quotes the sky's the limit the more money we make the more money the more people we can help if we train if we change one person's life at a time we can change the world and you know what on that note just because we were talking about money and baggage and stuff i think that's the new mindset that you and i are trying to have about money and making money and giving away money is the desire to make money doesn't have to be any more about selfishness or needing needing because you and i kind of have that thought of giving it away so it feels weird to bring it in right but the truth is is if you bring it in then you can give 
put away, mm-hmm. you know, so you can look at money as a, as a tool to help the world rather than a sense of needing more and more and more and just hoarding it. Um, you know, could, how much time do we have? Because I wanted to do a little story on that. Real quick, um, I'm going to give you a quote from this guy and then okay. I'll let you tell your story. He says, God has always uh, very well looked after me. And he thanked every pedestrian stranger who has ever given him some pair change, spare change. That's what he gave in a written statement to hand out to reporters. So this guy's a sweetheart. Oh, I just want to give him a hug. And so anyways, tell your story and then we got to close it up. Well, just that, um, you know, same kind of Good Samaritan thing. These three teenagers were going into a store and the store happened to be open. The door was open and even the lights were on. And so they went in to buy things. There's nobody working there. The store was actually closed, Mm. but it had not been locked. Right. And these teenagers put things on the counter, counted up how much they should owe, and left the money, and then walked out, and they caught that on camera. And, you know, so we sit here and we look at the youth of today and say, oh, they would never do that, and I would just hope that anybody would do something like that, and may we learn from those kids. And they weren't like kid kids, they were like 17. Right, Um, which makes it even cooler. It does, that they did that, so. Um, So, uh, shameless self-promotions, we have... um Ed Bacon coming in on October 3rd. October 3rd, free presentation, you guys. Tell your friends. This is like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Mm-hmm. It really is. At least for us, because yeah. this guy is out in California, and he's flying in just for a little or less. Yeah. And uh, we would love... He wrote a book called Eight Habits of Love. He's on Oprah's Soul Series. He's he's actually getting... He's going to be on her Super Soul Sunday again in a month. So. Guy, guy's a rock star. We, he's a rock star. We actually uh, interviewed him last November, and uh, you can... Check back in check, our archives. Yeah, check that show out. And then you have two books, Self-War Parent Part 1 and 2. And um, you do a lot of speaking presentations at uh, for Girl Scouts and PTAs Organizations, and like schools, big groups, whatever. So, And then last but not least is our final par- uh, partner, Help, um, Avid, Avid Company. Uh, painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. You can reach them at 630-956-1800. Give them a call and tell them Zen Parenting Radio sent you. And that Zen Parenting Radio loves you. We do. Thank you for listening, you guys. So have a great week, and we will talk to you all next week. Adios.